Welcome to the 50th edition of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am Tiger Height. And I'm Peanut Gallery. And we have a ton of news. Yes, we have a ton of news, and we're giving you a special presentation on MP Throwback. So, yes. if you want more, if you want more of the MP Throwback, please do subscribe to our Patreon. Yes, so I think it's like the $20 patron you get, um... One every month or whatever. Yep. So if and you also, want, also you get to watch that live with us. Too. Yes, you do. So this is just going to be a little bit of a review, a nice little teaser, a little tickle of the taint for what you're going to expect there. Also, right. a lot of really other cool stuff. So right. Don't, don't and this is our last episode where we have to come up with our own topics because the la <laughs> next couple of weeks we have pay per views coming up. And also, I I will say this later, but I think it's kind of funny of what. A pay-per-view that we covered yeah. and how it relates to now. But let's start with news because we have a lot. Yes. Uh, Kamala, James Harris passed away, I think, like 20 minutes before the previous show. And yes. And I did not see it. It's so, kind of ironic, though, that the VP nominee is now Kamala Harris. I know. Isn't that weird? That is kind of weird. It is really weird. Anyways, so, coincidences. I know. Isn't that super Don't strange? look too much into it, guys. Before yeah. you take out that horoscope. Right? Hold up. Before we get the Dems in there trying to say that we threatened to kill them and they're triggering, we're not. I just thought it's a we're, weird we coincidence. Not, we are not a political podcast, even though the President of the United States is a WWE Hall of Famer and we are defending Goldie at the election. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, he did pass away from a cardiac, uh, cardiac arrest that um came about after complications of COVID-19 and his diabetes. Yes. So um, that didn't help. Yes. Um and the GoFundMe for his funeral reached the goal in like 5 days after nice. he passed. Nice. So that's really good Jericho made a $5,000 contribution to that. Nice. Um just because Jericho's just cool. Right. Uh, Togi Makabe is going to be out of action because he's shooting a movie. Hooray. I I really want to know what this movie is with Togi Makabe. Oh, that'd be fun. I don't know why. I, I really... Okay. He, he was cool. He was one of the guys that I hung out with oh. when I was in Japan. Ah. <laughs> That's why you like him. I know I know how that guy drinks. So, uh, Logan Paul. I've never, I would never have thought that we would have to discuss Logan Paul on this show. But he has... But here been, he is, being significant somehow. Well, he is significant now. Logan Paul has offered... Challenge a social media influencer ten thousand dollars to beat him in a pro wrestling match. Hmm. Um, one of Logan Paul's like first big blow up um, videos on YouTube had The Rock involved, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, "Hey, Rocky, why don't you train me to wrestle?" And we're right. taking on this person, just like what they did with um, boxing. Yeah. So you know, it not a huge thing of news but this is just to get logan paul in the algorithm yeah. so that's always a positive right <laughs> um <clears throat> so raw underground had these dancers right you know scantily clad dancers yep. in a um in a fight scene it's right it kind of kind of gives it the whole uh, genesis qua right the whole underground genesis qua with a more masculine thing alundra blaze being the progressive that she is Took Alunda Blaze is a Alunda Alundra Blaze. You know what? She's a progressive. Yes. Oh, she got all butthurt about the dancers saying that they were considering her past. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, and so she got all butthurt about it, uh -huh. saying that oh they should have Chippendale dancers. 
So, in an underground fight club... Where you're the majority of people who are going to be looking and watching are going to and be also, men and also in the, and also in the in that kind of area, it's a masculine type thing. It's underground. It's gritty. It's dirty. Now, if it was like they're trying, they're trying to take away the demo from the demo god, right? And then so she got butthurt about it. Yes, they took it off, and then actually, I think it was um, Liv Morgan came to the uh, the defense of the dancers. Right. Saying that if you really want to be inclusive, include them. In that particular scene, the dancers were appropriate. Right. What was I, – I don't understand why she I, got – I don't know. She's like, oh, we should have Chippendale dancers. If it was like, an, if it was like a fight club for women, yes. maybe I would get it. But it's – but they WWE knows their audience. They know what they're trying to get, and Alundra Blades is not. She's not helpful. She doesn't know. She no. doesn't know at all. She's not helpful. Um, speaking of WWE, they filed two trademarks on Hooray. August or uh, two days of gi gigantic trademarks on August fourth and August fifth. Okay. They. Uh, I'm not going to do it per day, but it's um Gallus, Indus Share, Imperium, Grizzled Young Veterans, um Legit. Ligero Dale Fantasma, I butcher that immensely, I don't know why. Karrion Cross, Mustache Mountain, Casey Cantazaro, James Drake, Jake Atlas, and Indy Hartwell. Okay. We list these off because a lot of these people were already wrestling yes. at this time. Why wasn't their name copyrighted by WWE or I don't even know. them? That was the like people just need to check to make sure that any new name that WWE has is not trademarked and then file for the trademark right. just to screw with them at this right. point. If they're going to be this lazy about it, then like what yeah, the Yeah, that's true. Because these are new copyrights. This was not a renewal right. anywhere. So right, like Grizzled Young Veterans and Imperium and Gallus and James Drake and Karrion Cross who's right. in the main event at NXT Takeover, they did not copyright his name. What? Who knows? <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, does this company know how to company? No, not really. I guess not. Um, finally, we get the new – we get the final version of the AEW TNT champion. Everyone go ooh. Everyone go ah. And uh, Cody obviously was a recipient of it. I still yep. think the title looks garbage. It looks better. Yeah. I still think it looks terrible. Don't worry, it's gonna come off of. So I saw, I saw the spoiler. We will, we will talk about that because of one of the longer stories that we're going to That's be discussing. Um, let's talk about something sexual because it's good for the algorithm. Okay. Lana claimed in a recent interview, I can't remember where it was, and nor do I care. No, it was um a, uh, it was a um Instagram live. Yes. That she claimed that her and Rusev had sex. On the tank of the WrestleMania 31 entrance. I really want to see this in a porn, please. I really want... I, I, and Rusev responded to Ryan Satin, who retweeted it um, on Twitter, and he said, tried. So I'm pretty sure that he banged Lana on the tank. <laughs> Solid. Solid. Uh, I'm going to raise my glass to that. That's <laughs> Rusev, Lana. You guys are awesome. Keep Keep doing what you're doing. Rusev, also come back to wrestling. Don't go to WWE, please. Please. Right? I had to take a drink. I rose my glass. Peanut Gallery over here is trying to be a good Christian. I am. I'm only having wine. <laughs> he actually turned it from water. Um, 
it was reported on WrestleVote, and I think it has been 100% confirmed at this mm -hmm. point, that SummerSlam and every show after that, other than, I think, NXT, yes, is um, going to they're be... They're going back, they're going to the Amway Arena, so they... they they signed a, a lease or something there to do multiple events. And the locker room is very happy about it. Mm -hmm. I guess the locker room morale is a lot better yep. at it. I'm hoping that they start including some of the wrestlers in the crowd. Well, they have. But, I mean, like... Like the actual wrestlers. Let's right. have, like, Asuka be a fan and do a dance or something. Right. Or the New Day. Like, if you really want to do it, have fun. But I guess some of the other um, other rumors going around is that they want to incorporate virtual fans yes. like what the NBA does. Right. So, you know, we never know what's going to happen there. But a fun fact, WWE's numbers are equivalent to the NBA right now because the NBA's numbers are that low. Ah. Last week, it was like 1.3 million viewers. Wow. It was really bad. Tucker, oh, wow. hmm. Tucker Carlson's show was 4.2. <laughs> Okay. That's that's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, that is. I think that's funny, but we're not an NBA thing. But we will rant about that at some point. Um, AEW filed a trademark for Stadium Stampede, which pretty... means that they're probably going to do it again. I'm okay with that because that match was awesome. What, whatever that was, it was a great incorporation of the times, and yep. all, I I know the NBA got really butthurt about yep. that. But guess what? Guess how many numbers that did, guys? Come on, like. I mean, you can get mad about it, right. but look at what it did right, numbers for numbers. Guys. Yeah, let's look at some numbers here, people. Um, AEW has released Jimmy Havoc, Bea Presley, and Sandy Gibbs. Sadie Gibbs. Sadie Gibbs. It's the same. You no, know what? it's not. Um, Most of them can travel because of COVID. Um, Jimmy Havoc, we already know Jimmy Havoc's problems with his sexual allegations, so right. it was the right move. It was it was the right move, honestly. It's like, I mean, Havoc, right. Havoc was prevalent on television, but he was kind of in a mid-card role. Right. And honestly, I've never been a big fan of Havoc, so I don't think they lost anything no. coming out of it. Whatever. Um, exciting news. More exciting news from WWE. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a heavy news week for WWE. Ah. Evolve. Progress, ICW, and WXW, which WWE bought all of them. Do they, they own all of them? Mm -hmm, they okay. do. They're going to have content from those four promotions on the network. Hooray. Starting yesterday. And also, they will be airing new episodes of those. So they're going to be run as they are. Right. But they're going to be shown on WWE networks. Nice. I think they're going to do it on Saturdays. A great day uh -huh. to show this. And also, it really gives good credence to the British wrestling scene, which, yep. oh, trust me, they need some PR. Um, did you want to cut it, or do you want to just continue and Let's finish Let's just continue up? and finish it up. We're going to do two long segments. All right. Uh, Dave Meltzer has confirmed that 150 invited spectators were allowed in Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida. Word around the Performance Center is that, well, we already talked about that. Um, but the 150 invited, I'm doing this in quotations. Yes. Um, because they had to go through like a background Right, check. that's that's when that's when uh, one of them had tweeted out the results for the uh, Saturday show because of the those, thing. They were not, those were not 100% confirmed um, to what I've heard. No, nah, they were, I mean, more or less. More, more or less confirmed, but at the same time, it's still kind of iffy. But the spectators is a great, is a step in the right direction. 
to really bring it back. And everybody there said that the screening was very intensive and everyone felt very safe. So whatever. if they continue to do that, then we're going right. to see a lot more. Obviously, New Japan's had people in there, and they've done a really good job making that look really good. Okay, let's so, move on to the next one. No, we need discussion. No. <laughs> um, Dad. Let's talk about Eric Rowan. Um, he had a very lengthy interview, and a lot of what... Who did he have an interview with? Spider Cage storyline. No, know. who did he have an interview with? What was the name of the podcast he did an interview with? Pretty important... Uh, Pretty important to mention the name of the podcast he did an interview with. Do you not know? Did he say? I don't remember it. Okay, so obviously, obviously, Tiger High here didn't get all his facts straight. I so very he he had he had a random interview with with somebody down in the comments below. Please put who they had the interview with. <laughs> okay, you, you're, I hate you. <laughs> anyway, Eric Rowan basically talked about the original idea and the clusterfuck that came about for the infamous Spider Cage, or the Spider Cage storyline. It was supposed to be a rodent. That was the original idea. Great, whatever. Um, but it kept changing based on the writer. So it was, you know, kind of sucky, and they built, built it and built it and built it, and Rowan was getting frustrated and he pitched some ideas to then raw executive director paul Heyman um and the other writers to progress the storyline right one of the ones that was prevalent and i thought would have been really cool was he wanted wwe to hire the world's smallest woman i'm not going to try to pronounce her name that indian girl yes um who was featured in american horror story the freak show at um season great season by the way um to have her in the cage. Right. And they were going to have a larger cage, obviously. And the thing was is that it was a big man, small woman storyline where they became friends and the cage was meant to protect her. And then he pitched that there was going to be nothing in the cage, but it, when somebody looked in it, it was the manifestation of their worst fears. Right. So a more ambiguous something you really have to think about is a part of it. Um, but they just played it off as the spider and they dropped it immediately. Yes. <sighs> Anyways, WWE storylines, let's move on. Eric Rowan had such great ideas. These were all Eric Rowan pitches, too. Yeah. And then, obviously, WWE were, like, shooting it down because they didn't come up with it. And they're like, let's put a fake... Spider. spider that we could buy at the Halloween store for 50 bucks in the cage. If that. And let's make him talk to it like a psychopath. Right. Eh, sounds about right. Ugh. You're pretty typical WWE stuff. I mean, fuck. Can we just have... I mean, these wrestlers are not stupid. Neither are we, but... No, but I wouldn't have thought of those ideas, and I like those ideas. Right. We were talking about this when we went out, and it was like, wow, these are really cool and creative. Nope. Anyway, uh, Sachi Blackheart had her car stolen. Hooray! Lost her gear, lost her boots, lost her all of her entrance jackets, and lost the helmet that she wore. Yes. Um, they located the police department in wherever God's hellhole that they live in, somewhere in Florida. Found her gear and everything, which yep. is good. 
but they just have not found the card yet. Right. So I'm glad that she was able to find all of that. She had to wrestle in street clothes for a few weeks, didn't she? Yes, I think of that. I, I think those are still going to be released. Yeah. Um, but with like the battle royal, she had her ring gear back, so. Um, I'm glad. Sometimes those like that ring gear and stuff right. is really expensive. Yeah. And especially for an NXT person to get that shit stolen is not a good no, thing. No, not a good thing. Um, so I'm I'm glad that's back. Uh CMLL is going to be returning with empty arena show starting September fourth. Hooray! Until the eighty seventh anniversary show on September twenty fifth. Yep. Um they are going to be working with the health department in Mexico to have 30% fan capacity for the 87th anniversary show, Hooray. Which, which we will cover. Okay. Yes, so I'm, I'm very excited. Um, once again, this is what happens when you wait and you don't fuck up and you cooperate with the authorities instead of trying to manipulate it, WWE. Uh, you can have what was fans. that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that was that just a little bit of this shade there, like a little bit of salt on the wound? That yeah, was kind of. Up? Um, but yes, CMLL is coming back. I'm very happy about Hooray. it. Hey, it gives us more fodder for the show so we don't That's have to true. think about topics. So there we go. And finally, um, this was released this morning. Hooray! Bill was almost abducted. Um, armed. The, the civilian was armed, by the way. Oh, yeah, so isn't this a creepy stalker thing? Yes. This like, was- like, who has that, like, really, really creepy, uh, like... Instagram? Yeah, no, it was a Twitter. Oh, it was a Twitter. He would defend her a lot. Um, Philip A. Thomas II, 24, began planning the abduction eight months ago, according to the sheriff's office where they inhabit. Thomas parked his car around midnight at Idlewild Church off Dale Mari, it's very redundant, in Lutz, which is where Sonya Deville lives. And walked to a home on Pine Hammock Boulevard. At this point, everybody knows, so I'm not DDoSing or anything. And basically looked around the park, Lake Park subdivision, that, according to the release, that was out because they caught him. Thomas cut a hole in the patio screen and remained on the patio for three or four hours while watching and listening through windows. At 2.43 a.m., after the homeowner had gone to bed, Thomas entered the home through a sliding glass door, activating the alarm. The homeowners looked out the window, spotted Thomas on the property, and fled fled with a guest in a car. The homeowner called 911. Thomas was still in the house when deputies arrived, and he was carrying a knife, plastic zip ties, duct tape, mace, and other items and told deputies he was planning to take the homeowner hostage. Ah. Holy crap. And this was Sonia Deville, definitely. Yes. Um, that is terrifying. Yes. I do not condone this. Who would? Can... This guy was 24. I mean... Can, okay, he's, he needs to get laid. I mean, I mean... I mean, what is he? Is he... Oh, God, what are the names of those people? Um, uh, those people who... Who can't? Uh, who think they're entitled to like have a girlfriend, but they don't have one? Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. They're like a group. Yeah. Um, th- what that? Um, what that Orlando shooter? Not the Orlando shooter. Um, what that one kid was? Yes. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they're called I exactly. Here's my thing. This guy definitely has some mental issues, and I wish Godspeed and thank God that police were there because. 
um, they're not going to hurt this guy. They're they're going to do something with him, and his. They're gonna castrate him. No, his his Twitter his Twitter kind of raised some red flags. But at the same time, when you're a public figure, you get this. I've gotten it. I'm not sure if Peanut Gallery's ever gotten this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but we've had our old apartment released before, and oh, it was yeah. like, oh, we've moved out of there. We've moved like three houses before. But um, when you're a public figure. You kind of need to well, have. And, and you can look up the address because we're, we we vote. Right. Okay. It's it's this is an we're, expectation. We're, we're a voter. Even right. You can look up where we live because if you you know we obviously we live in Las Vegas, so you look up Nevada voting, you know voting registration. My name my name is all over the. Right. Where our names are all over the internet. You'll know where we live, but at the same time, you know. When you're a public figure, it's something that you just have to expect at this right. point. You just expect you're you're going you're to going right. You you're going to have stalkers. You're going to have crazy people. It's going to happen. Right. Um. Do I condone it? No. But it should be an expectation. Right. Um. I'm glad that Sonia and the guests are safe. Um. I hope that this guy gets the help that he needs. But it was something very prevalent because she's in a match at SummerSlam. Yes. So we will be talking about that after. Our next segment, which is going to be covering New Blood Rising. Ooh. So stay tuned. This is our this is your little teaser for MP Throwback. Yeah, yeah. So, on our Patreon. So, so check it out. Links are everywhere in the description on wherever you're watching this. So if you want to watch it with us, you can do that. But here's going to be a little taste of kind of what we thought about New Blood Rising. Hooray! And we are back. Peanut Gallery. So this was my choice, and so before we get into it, I chose to do New Blood Rising's review just because it's a you know a very infamous pay per view. Uh, we never we never saw the whole event. No, I've seen I've seen snips, I've seen matches, I haven't seen the event from top to bottom. Right. Um. And I did not know this, but like the two days before we actually watched this, we watched this yesterday was the twentieth anniversary. Yeah. Of this pay per view. So that's kind of cool. I know. I thought it was really neat. So New Blood Rising, WCW. This was in two thousand. Yeah, so, so really this old. is one that started. This is when it was downhill. This is when it was taking its slide, yep. and you can tell it was just taking its slide, and it was just going away. Um, and obviously the crowd was not full. We had we saw a bunch of empty seats. Yep, yep. So the arena that it was in uh, seats sixteen thousand people. The total attendance for the event was about six thousand. So there were like two, the the upper two bowls were completely empty and cordoned off. Yep. And the lower bowl and the floor where the where the stages. Um, it wasn't really. It wasn't even filled up to capacity. Right. It was. It was not. I mean, it wasn't like super bad, and the crowd were trying to get into it right. in some places, but it just looked. I mean, it the, looked. The, the camera angles. They did an actually okay job of hiding it. Oh yeah. Um. But you know, there were some camera angles where you just simply couldn't avoid it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it just looks really dark. But it's right. like, oh, this is a this is actually a decent sized arena, and they just couldn't fill it. Right. Um. But anyway. Uh, the opening video was there were so many colors and now ah, so welcome many, to the two thousands. So, so many filters and this is in August of two thousand. So like 
you're still going to get some 90s in here. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was really stressful, and it built nothing, and I have no idea what was happening. It was so distracting. It was very distracting. It was very distracting. They had, like, different filters and colors yep. at every single shot. I know. So you had no idea what was happening. Right. And it was just jump immediately into a match. Right. It was three count versus the Jung Dragons. The Young Dragons. It was, it was, was it Young or Jung? It was the Young Dragons. Oh, on Wikipedia it says Jung. Well, I know, but it's pronounced Young. Oh, it's pronounced Young, but I'm, I'm just Americanizing it because I'm racist. Yes, exactly. Uh, I see, okay. Trump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a recording contract ladder match. And there um, were like two different objects. There was the, the gold record and the recording contracts. I was asking. What if one person gets one item and the other team gets the other item? Well, there was almost that situation. Did they, did they ever think about that? Yes. Um, no, they did. Of course they didn't. This is Russo booking. Um, for an over... Peanut Gallery was like... He did not like this match. I, I, I resented this entire pay-per-view, but it started with this match. Yes. Uh, Tank Abbott looked like a sycophant where they're, you know, where a free count were his personal fleshlights, essentially. Right, pretty much. Um, he was totally out of place. The crowd... The crowd did not like Abbott whatsoever, but they did get into this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought there were some really decent little spots here, yeah. and all the workers are pretty good. Um... The crowd were kind of up and down with it. Yeah. Also, the rivalry going into it was the Young Dragons um, said that they could sing and dance better than Three Count. Of course, this is you know the '90s and 2000s. Okay, boy bands were all the rage. And obviously, um, racial sentiments were drastically different than what they are now. So um, there were some things here where I'm pretty sure I said over ten times this would not work in today's age. No, it would not. So um, I thought it was a decent, fun little ladder match opener. They, They just. My God, some of these spots were just—they were some. Some of them, oh some of them were really, God. some of them were really bad. Nobody knew what was happening. Everyone was out of place. Just doing whatever you know. Right. Um. And then they had a backstage segment, and Peanut Gallery did not believe me that Rey Mysterio Jr. was Rey Mysterio Jr. because he looked like he was, you know, nine. Yeah. <laughs> um. He had like a chick hanging off of him, filthy animals. Um. Talking to the cat, who was the commissioner of yeah. WCW, who. Face the great Muda in the second match, which yeah. we'll get into now. Um, I was personally very offended by this. This is the great Muda. Yes. <laughs> this one of the one of the most decorated professional wrestlers in history. Um, face Hulk Hogan in a mega. Isn't, isn't he like the Ric Flair of Japan? Yes, he is the Ric Flair of Japan. Um, he brought the mist into mainstream. Right. And you know the costumes, the entranceway, the whole mythos around the great Muda is there right also um moonsault come on he didn't invent he didn't innovate it but he made it famous yeah um and the cat just 70s porn um the muda gray muda's theme music alone would not work in today's age it was probably it was so poppy and racist and i loved it i loved every second of it (laughs) but it was clearly dubbed over yeah though um that was kind of disappointing because I love the great Muda's theme song. Yeah. But uh, the, I don't think they have the rights to it. Yes. Uh, the cat's theme was basically ripped off of a 70s porn. I thought, you know, the cat was going to, like, show his gigantic bush and the great Muda was going to take it up the tailpipe. Uh, 
I don't know what the hell that was. I don't know. Uh, Muda's balding was incredibly annoying throughout yeah. this entire show. I could not look away. I'm like, my God, he looked like he looks like a meth addict. Right. <laughs> so the match was very inoffensive, honestly. But you know, besides like all the rest of the cultural insensitivity, right? That wouldn't, that wouldn't fly in today's world, right? Um, Tigress from the Filthy Animals came out to assist the cat. She hit Muda in the head with a chair, which made me cringe. And it did not end up winning, so I her... know. So all these people, they just come out, and they, and you expect them to like have some sort of like influence on the direction of the match, but they just don't. Right. Um. And uh, the cat hit Green Muda with a spin kick for yep. a clean pin. The cat, who could barely do any a kind, clean pin. who could barely do any kind of karate, beat the Great Muda. Clean. Multiple G1 Climax winner, multiple-time world champion in Japan, and, like, what do you think? And, and, a, and a 70s porn star defeats him. Yes. In. Oh, and the cat looked like he just got out of bed, too. Yeah. So it was like a silky, um, it was like silk pajamas. That it was, it was kind of weird. It was really gross. Uh, uh, here we go. And a Judy Bagwell on a fork. Yeah! Positively Canyon versus Buff Bagwell. They this is the first storyline that they actually explained fairly well. Yeah. The premise of the match sucks. They could have done it better, but overall I did not hate the storyline. Where it's like, oh But uh, you know, Judy Judy Bagwell on a forklift. That that is a Russo creation. Now if it was like Judy Bagwell's contract on a pole match, whatever. Uh, anything on a pole, that's Vince Russo's. Also, a fun fact, uh, this was Buff Bagwell's actual mother. Yes, it was. This was Judy Bagwell. Um, Positively Canyon, um, cut a fairly decent promo, and the match, I did not hate. I thought the match... Eh, it was okay, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. The work rate of the match does not perceive what the infamy of this match was. We've seen a lot worse matches... To where, but I, this is the but this this particular segment is the first thing I think about when I think about New Blood Rising mm-hmm. is Judy Bagwell on a forklift. That is the first image that comes to mind. Oh, and then out of nowhere, like during the match, David Arquette comes out, and and, and again runs, does not influence the outcome runs, of the match. Runs interference to Canyon's favor, and, and does not win. And then uh, Buff Bagwell hit them with a double blockbuster for Bagwell to win. Yeah. So what was the point of Judy Bagwell on the forklift? Just to do it. Yeah, pretty much. They just did it because they felt like they it. They could have just done a pinfall match. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, you had to like bring Judy Bagwell like down and unstrap her from the whatever. Right. Instead of, oh, here's the pinfall, and so Judy Bagwell on the forklift was arbitrary. Yes. <laughs> it was there just because of Vince Russo. <laughs> oh, I really want to cover more of, like, 20, 2000s WCW. Um, so here is where, like, the show got, like, actually good. Ah, this is where, this is where it fell apart. So it was a, it was a four, it was a four-way tag team match. Four referees. With four referees. Well, no, okay, 
three of them were like outside enforcers. But but and it's like it doesn't make any sense. Like why do you need four referees? Um, because it's the filthy animals and they wanted to get chronic away. So it was the Misfits in Action, mm-hmm. Mark Jindrak and Sean O'Hare, mm-hmm. the Perfect Event, which is Mr. Perfect and um, uh, Chuck Palumbo, and then Chronic. For the WCW World Tag Team Champions. And uh, Filthy Animals had possession of the belts. And Chronic were going in there as the defending champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a double choke slam, I believe, on one of the Misfits to win the match. Yep. And I thought this match was a, it was a good match. It was very confusing, though. It was I, I, I kind of lost track of what was going on because so much was happening. So much was happening. There were so many people involved, and the announcers did not help whatsoever. Oh, my God, the but, announcers. But, like, watching the match, the stuff that was happening was good. I yeah, it was it was fine. Um, I thought the I, th- I mean I'm like wow, this is actually a decently strong tag team division. If they built it up right, they mm-hmm. could have done something really cool with it. Uh huh. And Chronic was very over. Uh huh. And so Chronic won. Hooray! They got the belts back. Hooray! And we will not see the end of Chronic. Shane Douglas versus Billy Kidman in a strap match. So um, the announcers were so obnoxious in this match because Tori Wilson betrayed Billy Kidman to go with yep. Shane Douglas. Right. Fine. Great. An easy storyline to at least have something there. Right. Not a lot to explain. Right. But man, they just buried Kidman in every which way. This guy needs to stop Tori. Stop stalking Tori Wilson and begging for her to come back. Billy Kidman did not look like he was. Like, he just wanted to go wrestle. Right. Like, leave him and Shane Douglas to wrestle. Right. Um, it was a strap match, and it was a kid crusher for Billy Kidman to win. Yep. I thought at this point this was the second best match by far. Yeah. The, it was. It, this is when it got a little bit better. Right. Um, obviously, it's um, Shane Douglas and Billy Kidman. Yep. Two very good wrestlers. Yep. At this point, they were really building Kidman strong, too. Right. Uh, Vito came in because um, Tori Wilson and uh, Shane Douglas and some other rando guy, I didn't get the name or that I care to, made the save. So it's like, okay, a little storyline progression. Uh-huh. Nothing offensive about right. it. A decent strat match. Nothing to write home up to mom about. No. And now here is where everything just Oh, happened. yes. I loved this match. It was so bad, it was actually good. Uh, Major Guns versus Miss Hancock, or Stacey Keebler, in a, in, a, in a mud rip off the clothes match. That is how they actually worded and, this and, match. And, of course, this would not fly in 2020 no. at all. There was so... so not only did you have to rip off the clothes of the other female, but you had to pin her in the mud. Did you have to pin her in the mud pit? I don't know. Because I swear to God, they were doing pinfalls in the ring. They were. So, so they did. So the mud pit was arbitrary. Yes, pretty much. And so it was ripping off the clothes. <laughs> but this, this match was billed. It was promoted. And it was listed on Wikipedia as the mud rip off the clothes match. 
but yet, yet you can, can win, win by pinfall. pinfall. Mm-hmm. So, so what was the point of this? Vince Just Russo. To do it. <laughs> Vince Russo. Because boobs. <laughs> One of the names of these women was Major Guns. And I guarantee you this would not fly. <laughs> and I guarantee you they're not referring to a gun. They are referring to a breast. Yes. Um, and then Stacey Keebler was holding her stomach out of nowhere. Uh, obvious reasons. We well, I think, I think it's because this is about the time when she had that pregnancy angle as well. Yes. This, this is the pregnancy, pregnancy angle, which, yet again, would not fly currently. No. Um, obviously, if she was, like, actually pregnant, yes, but she would not be wrestling. No. Uh, David Flair, who was the boyfriend of Miss Hancock at the time, came out. And during this time, okay, Major Guns pinned Stacey Keebler, right? And this was an obvious grudge match. Yes. Because they were promoting it as such. But when Stacey Keebler was holding her ribs in the, um, in the mud. Yeah. Not only was David Flair there, but Miss Hancock, or not Miss Hancock, Miss Hancock was worried about Miss Hancock. Major Guns was worried about Miss Hancock. Okay. Totally ripping off Kayfabe entirely. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was just a reason to show crotch and sexually explicit shit. It was really terrible, but at the same time, there was a charm to it. I probably should have put that in the worst matches of all time list. Nah, nah, it wasn't. I, I it think, wasn't that bad. No, you don't no. think you don't think it was there. It, it might have like skirted the line for eight. <sighs> Anyways, uh, let's go to the Demon versus Sting. Hooray! This match didn't last very long. I don't remember it. It was fifty-two seconds. Yep. And um, basically, the Demon wanted to join the Dark Carnival with Vampiro and the Great Muda, who are now a tag team, I guess. And he had to beat Sting to prove himself to join the Dark Carnival. Yes. I think if you beat Sting, you are much better than at least Vampiro in this circumstance. The Great Muda is a different story. Right. Why the Great Muda is not facing Sting, I will never know. I don't know. Why do- <laughs> Here, let's just not have fucking the Great Muda versus Sting because that right. wouldn't that wouldn't be a really good match. That no, 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 <laughs> no. It doesn't have Kevin Nash involved. Exactly. <laughs> so Sting won. Um, I like how Chronic came out mm-hmm. and challenged, like beat up Vampiro and the Great Muda, mm-hmm. and the Demon did nothing. Mm-hmm. He just left. Oh, here's right. the next segment. Uh, and then also, Chronic went into the ring and challenged the Great Muda and Vampiro to a tag team title match later tonight, and they accepted. Hooray! Why? Because reasons. Fuck. Um, and now here is where we Ooh, had. Okay. We had, we had a good match, decent comedy. The crowd was really into it, and I loved it. Mike Awesome versus Lance Storm for the WCW United States Heavyweight Champion. In a Canadian rules match. So this is when Storm had the U.S. belt, the Cruiserweight belt, and the Hardcore belt. Right. But Canadian flags over them. Yep. And they had Jacques Rougeau, or the Mountie, come out to officiate the Canadian rules. Yes. So, okay, here's how this goes. Oh, oh, and they didn't explain the rules beforehand. They had it. They explained it as the match was happening. Happening. I did not hate that. I actually liked that because it added to that. Okay, now he's just making this up. Right. And then this is where actually the um, commentators were a great service to this match. Yes. Because um, Mark Madden's like, oh, I remember reading that in the book. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
if what I would have loved to seen if this happened now, this could happen now, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, if they like posted an arbitrary URL and put the Canadian rule book on there or like sent it to people's like a PDF. Right. And so like, um, it just says like a bunch of random crap in there. It's like, right. I remember reading that and like, people are like interacting with the match. Mm-hmm. They could have sold the Canadian rule book at the show and made some money. They could have. That would have been cool. <laughs> Once again, we were we're helping you, WCW, even though you've been dead for almost twenty years. Yep. <laughs> um. So, uh, Mike Awesome pinned Lance Storm first. Uh huh. But then Jacques Rougeau came in and said it was a count of five to make an official pin in Canadian rules. Okay. So then he won by submission. The Mountie came back and said he had no tap-outs in a Canadian rules match. Right. And then it was, oh, God, what was it? Um, what was the final one? Because it's like... It was it was a clean five-count pin. Right. And then and then he said that the opponent has to stay down for 20 seconds for the pin to be valid. Right. Right, right, right. So um, Storm basically won by... Oh, God, he put him through the table because then... Like, all of a sudden, tables were legal. Right. And it's like, oh, that was in the rule book. It's like, okay, that's how you do, like, Russo fantasy booking right. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, arbitrary rules that are obviously helping the heel. Right. I love it. Um, so Storm retained. Yep. Mountie actually assisted Storm by attacking Mike Awesome, too. Yep. And then Bret Hart so, came out so, and approved of Storm too, and people lost their mind. Like this, this crowd was so into this match. Well, because they so this this was taking place in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is in Canada. For those who are not familiar with the matter, right? Um, I love this. Was my favorite match. On it this was. Show. It was. It was the best. It was my favorite. I don't say it was the best, but it was definitely my favorite match it on was, the show. It was definitely my favorite. The crowd was into it. I loved it. Yep. And now let's get into bullshit. Vampiro and the Great Muda versus Chronic for the WCW World Tag Team Champions. Right. Muda's already wrestled and Chronic has already wrestled. Um, it was a match. It was there. Nothing to write home to mom about. And then the Harris Twins, excuse me, interfered. Uh-huh. And Vampiro and the Great Muda won the tag team belts. Yeah. Okay, but why? What was the point? Just, I swear to God... I'm like, why did this happen? Just to do it? Okay, I think I've said that more now. I'm like right. getting head dizzy. Uh, triple threat match for reasons. Kevin Nash. Number one contender. Oh, that's right. Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner, and Goldberg. So Goldberg was in a motorcycle accident, in quotes, so he did not come out immediately. But did right. they did they wait until like the end of the match for Goldberg no no to come out? no they waited for like two minutes in <laughs> for him to come out Goldberg came in dressed in his gear with like taped up mm-hmm. two minutes in why <laughs> like could they have oh and this is one of the other infamous moments Goldberg. This was the one where he didn't want to take the jackhammer. It was it was from... it was a it was a shoot. It was it was not a shoot. It was a work it was a shoot. work shoot. So it wasn't actually a real thing, but it was based off of a real thing. Right. Um, they wanted it to seem like it was real. Goldberg walking out. He he got he got chased down by uh, Vince Russo, 
and and Goldberg just said, you know, fuck you, I'm going home. Right, and uh, this was Goldberg's last appearance in WCW yep. ever, and Russo did not play involved in this in a match at the, at that point whatsoever. Right. Um, and then, like, um, Medeja low blows Kevin Nash twice. Yep. Nash low blows Scott Steiner, so once again, the running of the interference was completely arbitrary and yep. did not have to happen. And then Kevin Nash still won with a jackknife powerbomb, and now he's number one contender. Hooray, because Great. it's fucking... Because it's fucking Kevin Nash, man. Yeah, fuck, man. Um, now, finally, the main event, Jeff Jarrett versus Booker T for the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. So, um, before we actually get into the match, so Booker T was attacked by Jeff Jarrett when he got to the building. He was wearing, uh, he was wearing like slacks and like a white shirt when Jared attacked him. Oh, that's right. So then it was really, really bad, like trying to attack him at his car kind of thing. Yes, and then so, okay, I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, injury angle for the baby face to rise up against the heel. Right. I don't mind that. It's fine. So then they show Booker T in the trainer's area. So not only did he somehow lose his shirt, but then all of a sudden he's wearing like basketball shorts and then he still dresses himself injured right. to compete where clearly he's having issues. It's really, it's really, really small. It is. It means nothing. Right. But these kinds of details are important because there's no continuity. Right. This, this is why WCW lost because small, minute details are so incredibly important. Learn from that, WWE. I have a, mar I, I took, I basically have a marketing degree. Right. I've taken marketing classes for, I think, for like three and a half, almost four years while I was in college. So I know this. I understand how continuity in anything is incredibly important in books. You're, you're a writer. Yeah. Continuity is really important. Right. Things have to make sense. And on a visual plane, people are going to see this kind of continuity problem. Right. And it ruins your experience. You don't know why, but it does. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it uh, is, it's really bad. Um, because we're, we're kind of running short here on time. We want to wrap this show yes. up next week. We oh, are no, wait, wait, uh, bookend for the win. Booker T won. Oh yes. No reaction. People were fucking off. And that was the end of right. the show. So before we give our reaction, our favorite match of the night, tell us what next, next week is SummerSlam weekend. So SummerSlam NXT takeover. Yes. Um, we know that there is an impact event next week as well, um, but we do not cover it until both it's parts a, are yep, finished. It's a two night. It's a two week event. Yep. So we have to wait until night number two to be done for to, us to do to our cover. yeah. So we won't cover it next week, but the week after definitely. We also have payback coming up at the end of the month. Oh shit! I totally and, forgot about payback. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be great. Uh, so anyways, Tiger Height, your favorite match of that night, and what was your grade? I'm going to give the overall show, New Blood Rising, I'm going to give it a C-. minus. Like, no, star rating, not, oh. not a grade, a star rating. So that would be I'm like what? It, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Two and a half. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Um, my favorite match overall, I believe, was still Mike Awesome and Lance Storm. Okay. For that, uh, the close second was Canyon and Buff. Ba Honestly, it was big Canyon and Buff Bagwell. Okay. Um, just because, like, if it wasn't for that stupid thing, if they didn't have Judy Bagwell on a pole where it's like a pinner submission with the same circumstances, 
I would have been okay right. with it. Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half stars as well. I mean, it it was it's about as good as I see WWE doing nowadays. So you have some really good matches in there, and then you have some matches that just fall flat. Right, and then uh, I I was expecting this exceeded my expectation actually. Uh, well, it kind of met my expectation. For WCW in 2000, it met my expectations. And I, I swear um, to God, like, and, so, many, um, so many great young stars right. that are in this card. And, and my favorite car, my favorite match was was the Mike Awesome Lance Storm. Right. Because the storyline was congruent and it was there, and the match itself wasn't bad either. And the crowd was really hot. The crowd was really into it. Um, but yeah, so that's what we got for this week. This is just a preview a little bit of a snippet of what you can get if you if you donate to Patreon. But, right, but not only do you hear the review of ours, but we watch the sh you can watch the show with us live. Yes. 100%. Just because it's a private thing, we don't necessarily do it live because in WWE we'll have an issue. Yeah. So we'll send it directly to your email. Yeah, you click on it and you watch it. You enjoy it with us. And right. You can... And we have this great little split screen thing going on, yep. so you can see our reactions live as they happen. Right. Um. And uh, you can submit your reactions. We have a chat, so you can submit your mm -hmm. reactions and stuff as well. Yeah, we got a Discord. So um, and also follow us on social media if you want to. Keep up to date on when we go live next and what we're doing as well. Yep. Um, and uh, I really don't have much else to say other than that. Than so, as always, be majestic.